preacher away. We've been giving things away right and left. And I just had the thought come through my mind. Is think of all the seed that we're sowing. And he stopped me right there and he said, no. He says, you're not sowing seed to get. The reason you're giving is because I've given to you. Boy, it just stopped me in my tracks. It's not about giving to get. It's giving because we've been given. We've got to change the way we think. Exchange the way we think. The only way you can do that is change minds, change hearts. And so it just blessed me. Yeah, the reason we're giving is because we've been given. See the difference? See, there's a world of difference. It's not doing to get. It's we got and then we do. Hallelujah. So hold my mule. This is my mule. In case y'all don't know what this is. This is my mule. When I get ready to shout, she holds my mule while I shout. Yes. Woo. Thank you, Lord. I kept trying to talk her and let me have a mule. And she, she didn't want no mule messing up everything and feeding. So this and doesn't eat much. And he, no, nothing. He just sits there and shakes his head. He's agreeing. See, look at that. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, and we just bless you and thank you for all you've given us freely in Christ. And, Lord, we're just so blessed, and we're just so uh, thankful for all you've done for us. And, Lord, we just bless you today. We ask you to bless your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 8. I want to start. We, we sang this song a while ago that was related to this. Romans 8, 31, what shall we say then? He's talking about things above, but we'll cover them later. What shall we say then to these things? If, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, I want you to say that. If God be for us, who can be against us? Say, if God be with me, who can be against me? Nobody. Nothing. That's a profound statement. I want you to see this. Verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for some of us. For us all. How shall he not with Christ also freely give us some things? All things. Did you catch that? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him Freely give us all things. You know what the Greek word for freely is? Freely. Freely. What does free mean? It's free. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Freely given us all things in Christ. What does that leave out? Nothing. Now let's go on. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are more we are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Yea, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? We need to get persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate us? 
Nothing. See, we've got to start realizing nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. I used to think I could, but that was when I was deceived. No, I said, none of that can, but I can. No, I ain't that big. Are you that big? Can you separate yourself from the love of God? Impossible. It's a big God. There's no way we can do that. Because it's of God. You know, in Romans chapter 1, he's talking here in Romans chapter 1. Verse 8, he says, I thank my God through Christ Jesus for all of you that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Not just around the corner of Don Umbarger, but around the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. In what? The gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. Now look. Without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayer, making requests if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with the mutual faith of both you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren. Listen. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come to you but would not let... Hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as lieth within me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you at Rome. He's ready to preach what? The gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is a power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jews first and also the Greek. For therein, in the gospel of Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed by faith to faith, for the just shall live by faith. You know what it means? It means the just shall live by his faith. We live by the faith of the Son of God. It's his faith that we live by. It's not about us. It's about him. And this gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, we talked about this gospel. You know, Romans chapter 10. Romans is a really good book to get you uh, locked down in. But Romans chapter 10 in verse, uh, let's see, here, verse 14, it says, Now then, uh, it says, How then shall they call upon him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of what? Peace. That's Christ's gospel. He is our peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Did you catch that? They have not all obeyed the gospel. Now, Kent and I was talking about this in coffee shop. You know, this word obeyed here, it's not mean that you've got to do something. You hadn't obeyed it. That word obeyed means attentive hearkening. It means you didn't hear it. The real problem is not what we're doing. The problem is not, not hearing what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news of what Jesus has done for us. They've not heard the gospel. For Isaiah said, who hath believed that report? So faith comes by hearing the gospel and hearing by the word of God. Isaiah 53 is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In Isaiah 53, it's called the great exchange. It's called the what? The great exchange. Do you know what the word evangelist means? Hallelujah. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teach. Does the scripture say do the work of an evangelist? Doesn't it? Doesn't that say that to everybody? Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry? It does. Now, what is an evangelist? You know what evangelist is? It's that one that preaches the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the great exchange. Every one of us are called to preach the great exchange. That makes you an evangelist. Every one of us has a spirit of evangelist. Why? Because we're preaching the exchange. Doesn't mean what you think an evangelist is. Evangelist is okay if they go to Africa and win thousands to the Lord. That's okay. Or anywhere else. But that's not really the total picture of evangelist. Evangelist is one that preaches the great exchange of the good news of what Jesus has done for us. We're all preachers of the great exchange. Amen? And it's better felt than what? Than telt. Wow. Now, Romans, let's go back here to Romans 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God, for Israel, is that they might be saved. For I bear them a record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Have any of you run across people that have a zeal for knowledge? Have a zeal, but not according to knowledge? Now, looky here. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, I will tell you, every single one of us, when we had our sin dealt with in part, we're still trying to become righteous in our souls, in our mind, our will, and our emotion, trying to do what's right to please the Father so he'd accept us. Is there any exceptions out there? See, we all wanted to do what's right so God would accept us. But see, according to Ephesians 1, 6, he made us accepted in the beloved already. Amen. It's raining now. Thank you, Jesus. He has made us accepted in the beloved. And so you see that. And he says, going about to establish. I spent a long time, many years trying to establish my own righteousness. But you know what? Even though I could read that my righteousness is of filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, okay. Now, listen, you may have gave them too much liberty. They can just get up and walk out of here anytime they want to while I'm preaching. But it's okay. <laughs> I don't care. Really, what it is, they haven't seen rain so long, they've got to go out and see what it looks like. It's beginning to rain. It's a sign and a wonder. It is. Let it rain. I want you to see this, guys. It's so, this message of exchange is so important. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Now, verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believes. Now, catch that. Christ is the end. He's the finish. It's over. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those that believe. That means in any shape, form, fashion, or anything. Now, what did Paul say to the Galatians in chapter 3? Oh, you foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey? Obey the truth. You didn't hear it. Obey the truth. To whom I, Jesus was evidently set forth crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? 
Have you suffered so many things if it be in vain? They therefore that minister to you the Spirit and works miracles, does he do it by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? You're cursed with a curse. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? I think the curse of the church worldwide is this curse of Galatians chapter 3. Starting in the Spirit and trying to save your soul through the flesh. That's the curse of the church. Because you know what happens? A little leaven leavens a whole lot. When you start adding a little bit to what Christ has done, you've brought yourself under a curse. For the what? For the law and the curse that goes with the law, Jesus was made a curse for us so we might be made the righteousness of God. Christ is made a curse so we can be delivered from the curse. So no longer do we live under the curse of the law, which is obedience to do. We've been made the righteousness of God. He is the end. You, gotta, you know, as you start seeing these verses, they're not just good reading. You've got to see that these things have something to say. He's the end of the law of righteousness. So the law for righteousness does not affect us anymore. We're not under law. We're under grace. See, it's over. So we've got to learn to, Galatians 4, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not again entangled with that yoke of bondage. For I say unto you, if you be what? Circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Well, I want to tell you, I want to go a little further. If you have to wear prayer shawls and wear little beanies and do all this other stuff, he's profiting you nothing. Don't think the little beanie of the prayer shawl is going to make you a little more holy. All you've done is enter under a big old curse of the law. And you're not, you know what this Bible says? If you keep any of it, you've got to keep it all. Now, you can be saved keeping all that, but nobody has yet, but you can if you do it. The only problem is nobody has ever had. By the works of the law, no flesh is justified in this sight. No man is justified in the sight of God by the works of the law, for it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. So it's over. It's not about what you do. It's about what he's already done for you. So rest in that. Rest in that. And do not let anybody else put a yoke of bondage on you. So stand fast in that liberty and be not again entangled in that yoke of bondage. Oh. Romans 4, 3 says, But what say the scriptures? Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. What did Abraham do? He believed God. It wasn't based on anything but just believing what God said. See, that's where faith comes from. Faith comes by believing what God said. Faith comes by believing the report of Isaiah 53. Spirit, soul, and body. Faith comes by believing what Jesus, the gospel of the great exchange. Galatians 3, 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. There you go. Galatians again. Now, as we look here in Galatians, it's good stuff. Galatians 3, 6 Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations shall be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as under the works of the law are under what? They're under a curse. I don't care how little that law is, it still brings a curse with it. 
And it says, for it is written, curses everyone that continue not in all things that were written in the book of the law. Can you catch that? You can't mix a little bit of the law with grace. Not even a little bit. Not one ounce of it can you mix with that grace of God because it brings you back under a curse. Cursed is everyone that continues not in all the things that were written in the book of the law. But that no man is justified in the law and the sight of God, for it is evident. The just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. You've been redeemed, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Now that wasn't the end of it. That. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by how? By faith. He says, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be a man's covenant, yet it be a confirmed. No man disannul it or adds to that. Now catch this. No man can disannul it or add to it. So don't be adding to it. See, we don't need to be listening to things telling you to do something. We'll make you a little more holy, a little more spiritual, a little more anything else. I'm telling you, when Jesus said it's finished, it was finished. And you know when it was finished? From the foundation of the world. Now, our natural little minds can't handle that, but Ephesians 1 says God, what? Predetermined for us to be what? Complete, holy, and without blame before him in Christ, before the foundation of the world. God ordained it for us. You know God ain't mad at you no more. God's not upset with you anymore. All of his wrath has been poured out. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made. And he said, Not to seeds. It wasn't to a lot of seeds that that promise was made. Catch this. As of many, but as one. And the seed is Christ. Jesus said, I am the seed. Except this kernel of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it's going to bring forth many more seeds. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. You know, they say Christians are awful narrow-minded, that they think they're the only ones going to heaven. Well, I'm telling you, you, you better know this. The only way we're going to go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He is the door. And by me, if any man entered into the Father, no one comes to the Father except through me. It's, if you think you can get to heaven some other way, well, go ahead. Good luck. But the Scripture says no one comes to the Father but by me. A lot of people want to go to heaven, but they don't want to deal with the Father. He didn't say you could go to heaven. He said you're going to go to the Father. In my Father's house are many rooms. Hey, we're coming into a family, not just a little corner over in glory land somewhere. You've got to change the way you're thinking. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, that's the key, is that we're in a family now. Well, hold my mule while I shout. You don't have to hold him, but you could flip his head a little bit. I'm telling you what, it's so clear. Once you see it there, it's in every page. And he believed God. All right. No man is justified in the sight of the law, because just shall live by faith. Christ redeemed us, that that blessing. And he says, and we see that, it's by one man and his seed of many. And this I say, that the covenant was confirmed before God. The law, which was 430 years, cannot disannul it and should not make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. 
If it's as a law, it's not a promise. Okay? But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Amen. Keep it preaching down there. Wherefore then service the law. It was added because of transgression. Till the seed should come. Say till. till. Is the seed here? Yes. Well, the law's not needed anymore. You don't need it anymore. The seed's here. The seed has been planted. The seed has come up. The seed has been resurrected, ascended, and is seated at the right hand of God to ever live to make intercession for us. And it's his seed. One seed. Wow. Till the seed should come, whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. He is our mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been given by the law. But the scripture hath concluded it all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came in, it was kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterward be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And after that faith has come, we're no longer schoolmasters. We're not under a schoolmaster anymore. Say, no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. You're all what? Children of God. Catch that. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know, it was just, I, I promise you, it was two weeks ago. I told you this, but I want to say it again. I told the guy's coffee shop. About three weeks ago, I was reading through the Matthew about the good servant and the evil servant. And I was reading this parable about the good servant that comes with a good heart. And, and he, you know, God's going to bless him when he comes. And the evil servant said in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, begins to eat and drink and get drunken and do all this stuff. And he, God's going to come back. And, and I was saying, you know, in myself, I'd been saying, well, I'm a new man in Christ. So I'm the good servant. And the Lord just stopped me and said, hey, it's still based on performance, even if you're a good servant. This, this parable was not written to you. It was written to those under the law. It's not written to servants. This is not written to sons. It's written to servants. You're no longer servants. You're sons. You're children. And you know the parable of the... The guy that was in bed with his children and the guy knocked on the door and said, a friend's coming, I need to give him something to eat. And he kept knocking and persisting and kept on knocking, kept on persisting until, until he got up and gave him something to eat. And we think we're the one who's supposed to be keep knocking on the door until he gives us what we want. Just one problem with that. The children were in the bed with the father. Maybe I need to say that again. The children wasn't knocking on the outside of the door. It was a friend. The children was in the bed with the father. We're no longer servants. We're children. We're in the father's household. See the difference? Now, and it, just, and it goes on. Oh, help me, Jesus. The scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise of faith in Jesus might give a gift to those who believe who before faith came in were kept under it. A schoolmaster. But after faith has come, we're no longer schoolmaster, under a schoolmaster. For you are all children of God by faith. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ have been have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. There's either male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Just get over the male and female issue. 
Once for all. It's not a matter whether you're male or you're female. You're all one in Christ. We're all the same. All the different races. We're all the same. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And that's as one as you can get. Oh, man. And if Christ be, and if, and if ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now I say, okay, here we go. I may read this whole book of Romans. The heir, as long as a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governor until a time appointed of the father. Say time appointed of the father. See, this is important. Jesus was born of woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law until the time appointed of the Father. Okay. Even so, we were children. We were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, catch that, for when the time came, God sent forth his Son, made of woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And because you are sons, say, I am a son. All you women say, I'm a son. There you go. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Say, I'm no longer a servant. I'm a son. Now, we are servants of Christ. But we are sons of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. We're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen, we're sons of God. We're all in the family. See the difference? How be it then? When you knew not God, you did service to them, though to our nature know God's. But now, say now, after you have known God, or rather known of God, why are you turning back to the weak and beggarly elements where you desire to be in the bondage again? The curse of the church, going back, trying to save your old souls. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the God of all peace sanctify you, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. And I pray your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who called you, who has also done it. He has already taken care of your spirit, your soul, and your body. He has made us whole and complete in Christ. Isn't that neat? We was talking in John chapter 12. We looked at that this morning. John chapter, chapter 12. Jesus says, the works that I do shall you do. And greater works shall you do because I go. He that believeth in me, the works that believeth on me. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. You look up that word on. Now catch this. The Greek is not on. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. The word is into. Catch it. He that believeth into me hath eternal life. And the works that I do shall he do. And greater works will he do because I go to the Father. The Father's in me and I'm in you and you're in me. It's one thing to believe on something. It's another thing to believe into something. See, we are crucified with Christ. I live, but no longer I. Yet Christ liveth in me. Believe into. That little Greek word there, believe on. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Guess what? It's into. Believe into the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your house. The devils believe on Christ. Now don't shout me down. 
The Bible, the Bible says they believe and tremble. But believing on something doesn't believe them into it. Do you catch me? Are you with me? Our life is hid in Christ. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. So it's a matter of exchanging our lives for his life. Living our life by the life of another. And he says what? Catch this. The works that I do, Ross, you'll do why? Because you're, you're doing the works. You're just living in me, and the works that's going on in you is just works that I'm doing because you're in me. You see the difference? He doesn't give you a badge and say, I can go do the works of God and you go do whatever you want to do on your own. No, you're in him. And Jesus said, without me, I can do nothing. Without the Father, I can do nothing. And without me, you can do nothing. So what is everything we do without him? Nothing. But when we're in him, we can do all things through Christ. That what? Strengthens us to do what he wants us to do. It is an exchange life. Amen down there. Romans 5. Oh, Lord. You know what? I was telling them, really, if we preach grace the way this Bible really teaches grace, everybody would think we're preaching heresy. We've fallen so short of understanding the grace of God that if we preach grace the way that really the Bible teaches us from grace, the world, the church, would think you're a heretic. Because you know what grace does? It takes you totally out of who you were and it puts you totally into who you are without any help from you. And that's hard for us to handle. Ooh. Galatians 5, 1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. For I say unto you, if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you maybe a little. Nothing. For I testify to everyone that is circumcised that he's a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you who you are who is justified by the law. You're fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith that worketh what? By love. And he says you did went. Who hindered you that you didn't obey the truth? See, the, as a church, we've not obeyed the truth for 2,000 years. He says walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill what? The lust of the flesh. Look here. All right. I was looking for a verse. No wonder I couldn't find it. I'm in the wrong book. In Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified, verse 1, by faith we have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by this faith into the grace. By faith we've been accessed into grace when we stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing tribulation worketh patience and patience, experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, look in verse 6. 
For when we were yet without strength, when we were yet without strength, we had no way to help ourselves. We were lost, dying, going to hell. When we were without strength, in due time, see that? At the appointed time of the Father. Jesus was here for 33 and a half years. He was here. But you know, for 17 and 12, he said, you know, I must be about my father's business. But he went back and submitted to his mother and dad for another 17 years until the time appointed of the father. See, it's important that we understand the time appointed. And at due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for you. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Did you catch that? That's God's love for us. Much more. Say much more. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we've been, if, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled, and who can tell me what the word reconciled means? Exchange in the Greek. While we were enemies, we were exchanged to God by the death of his son. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's your great exchange. And he says, much more now being exchanged, we shall be saved by his death. What? What are we saved by? His life. Why do you want to stay around the cross all the time? The cross took care of who you were. His resurrection takes care of who you are. We've been raised to walk in the newness of life. Acts chapter 4 says, With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Christ, and great grace was upon them. Where did the grace, great grace come from? Because they were preaching the resurrection of Christ. Yes. Romans 5.20, I think it's 4, Romans 4.25, says Jesus was listed up and crucified for our offenses. Thank God for the cross. It took care of everything that Adam did, that I've done. It took care of it all. But if, he, if, I, if I'd have stopped right there at the cross, all I would have been is a forgiven sinner. Yes. But he carried me past that. He carried me to the cross and crucified me. Then he buried me with him in the grave. And then I was raised to walk. He says he, he was lifted up for our offenses, but he was raised for our justification. What is justification? Well, as good old Baptists, we say just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I had never. It's what justification does. He made us new creatures in Christ. What would happen if we... If the church lived in total victory and walked in life all the time. We'd be affected. And see, why does Satan not want you to live that kind of life? Why is it there's a tree of knowledge and good and evil that's tied to the works of the law? And there's a tree of life over here that's tied to grace and truth. Why do you want to go over there in the tree of knowledge of good and evil all the time? Why not just stay in the book of life? Because he is our life, Colossians 3, 1 says. He is our life. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory because we are already seated together with him in heavenly places. Right? So if you be risen, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you're dead. 
and your life is hid in God. It's already done, saints. There's nothing left to be done. It is what? Finished. In Hebrews chapter 6. You know, I, you know, I know uh, if it wasn't for God's grace and the Holy Ghost revealing things to us, we wouldn't see none of this stuff we're seeing. You know that, don't you? It's been there all along. But the God of this world blinds the minds of them that don't believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine. But Hebrews chapter 6, look at this, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Therefore, leaving the principles, let us go on to maturity or perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. God, we're still laying the foundation of repentance from dead works. 2,000 years later, over... We're still over and over laying the foundation of repentance from dead works. We're still offering dead works. Still offering dead works for repentance. And what is repentance? Yeah, it has to do with being sorry. You tell God you're going to do something and, and, and you don't do it and then you feel bad and so you repent. Well, godly sorrow works repentance, but that's not repentance. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. Once more, repentance means what? To change the way you think. The natural mind cannot receive the things of God. It's not subject to God and never will be. So the natural mind cannot repent. Okay? So when you acknowledge the truth, it says in 2 Timothy, God will give you the gift of repentance, which is an exchange, and he'll give you a new mind because we have the mind of Christ. Repentance is exchange of mind. To the acknowledging the truth, God gives you a new mind and a new way. of Repentance means to think differently, to turn around, to think differently. And it's a gift of God that only comes by the anointing that dwells in you, teaching us all things, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. All right? But it's why do we continue to lay these foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God? You, you do away with the repentance of dead works, and then you have faith towards God, doctrine of baptism, laying on the hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. I like what Brother Wayne said. If God permits, he says you go and you build a house. You lay the foundation. You do all this stuff. And then you have to call this guy, this inspector out, that comes and inspects everything you've done. And if he looks at the foundation and you've done it right, he'll give you a what? A little sticker. What color is it? Is it green? I guess that means you can go ahead. Or is it red? It's red. Okay. So see, when he comes out and he inspects everything, and then he gives you a little sticker on red says approved. Now this says we can go on and go to perfection if God permits. See, God can't give us a sticker when we're still not laying the right foundations. We're not laying the right foundations to go on to maturity, to grow up. God loves us enough not to bless us when we got a wrong foundation. You with me? We got to have the foundation, because if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? And we have an adversary that don't want us to lay the right foundation. He wants us to continue to build on wood, hay, and stubble. Build on sand. It looks good. 
Only one problem, it doesn't stand. It can't stand. But God in his goodness has already paid it all for us, so we can build on the right foundation. Amen. And when you build on the wrong foundation, remember what we said earlier. That brings to that curse that I believe the the church is under to some degree. Now with that, Jeremiah 17, 5 says what? Cursed is a man that trusts in man, that makes flesh his strength, and whose heart has departed from the Lord. Now, I remember so clearly when I got born again, and I really did get born again. I got saved. I knew I was a son of God. I knew my sins were forgiven. No, I, I take that back. I didn't know I was a son of God. I had my sins forgiven. And I had a relationship with the Lord, and I loved the Lord, and I loved his word. But at that moment, I didn't know I was a son of God. In my mind, what I said, God, I thank you for forgiving me my sins, and I'm going to be the best little son you ever had. And what I was saying is, I'm going to earn my sonship with you. I'm going to do all these things so I can be accepted of you. When I'd hear people say the Lord's coming back, I said, not yet. I hadn't done enough to hear him say, well done. But I'm telling you something. God said, well done, my good and faithful servants before the foundation of the world. When he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, Jesus had done nothing but just be a natural son. Hadn't done one thing, hadn't performed any miracles, hadn't done anything, but just be a son. He has made us accepted. Through his son, we've been freely given everything in Christ. Romans 8, Paul had this problem, Romans 7. Oh, I don't want to do what's right, but there's something always keeping me doing what's right, and I always wind up doing what's wrong. Who's going to deliver me from the power of this sin? If you just read the next verse, he did. Romans 8, 1 says what? For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For the spirit of the law of liberty in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, God did for us. Thank be to God, Jesus took care of that problem once for all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That means it's time to go. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we just ask you, Lord, just let us get a hold of what you're... Your love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost and how much you loved us even while we were yet sinners. Even from the foundation of the world, you had a plan and purpose for us to make us holy and accepted before you in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the revelation that it's not about us. It's not about us just believing what you've done for us, but us believing into Christ Jesus and what he did to take care of all of our debt and and paid it all for us, so Lord, so we can be sons and daughters. And we can be lights and salt in this world. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.